Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and we're all going to murder these beers. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys, and this week we are reading Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie. And uh, I'll start with this beer. I don't think we had this before. I might have had this for something else. This is from Treehouse, and it's called Miles to Go Before I Sleep, because the characters are stuck on a train and they all have places to go. But they can't get there yet. But they can sleep there. They can, but they still have miles to go. And, and it's uh, also a snowy evening. Yeah, they, they stopped by the woods on a snowy <laughs> evening, yeah. And this is an imperial milk stout that's 9.1% alcohol made with chocolate and peanut butter. And that is that is really nice. Drink enough of the big big boy stouts, the big pastry ones, your, your taste buds just get wrecked. And anything less, like south of 11% alcohol, you're like, pussy. <laughs> this is actually really quite good. How much is that one? 9.1, you know, I normally don't even get out of bed for this. Child beer. <laughs> you can drink it in bed. I don't roll out of the gutter for anything less than 10%. Um, this, is, this, is, this is quite nice. So, Murder on the Orient Express. This is our second Agatha Christie book we're doing. Because uh, the, the first one got a lot of downloads. And we're whores. Uh, <laughs> just wait till you hear about that Patreon later. This is a, another adventure of the same protagonist from Death on the Nile, Hercule Poirot. And uh, it's probably her most famous book, I would think. I think so. Right up there. I'm basing that on it being the one that I know. It's the one I'd heard the name of before I knew what any of the words were. When I was like, I don't think we can call them Orients anymore. I don't think we say that word anymore. It's used for rugs. That's about it. Yeah. So when, like, or when you're not, you need to find out which direction you're going, you orient yourself. Other than yes. that... You were an old, <laughs> really old racist. <laughs> and the first meeting at college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, it is a mystery, of course. Hercule Poirot is a Belgian foppish douchebag detective who just stumbles into murders. And he's like, uh, I guess, Etienne, I will solve this one too. Wherever he goes, people get fucking murdered. Like, if you meet Hercule Poirot in real life, run away. Because, like, your chances of dying have gone up by a thousand percent. Oh, yeah. It is, he is a dangerous man to be around. He's kind of like a walking Hogwarts. It's like <laughs> only terrible things happen in his presence. So the book begins with this, like, stupid shit where he's also always on vacation, at least of the two books we've read. He's on vacation. He's like, no more mysteries. I will just sit and go to this place and have a baguette or whatever Belgian people have. I'm assuming it's what French people have. A waffle. A waffle, yeah. yeah. yeah and uh, wow, none of us had a Belgian beer, huh? Then he has to get you on know, a train. You they're hard to find nowadays. I looked. The only ones I saw were Delirium. Delirium. Duvel, you'll say. I didn't even see a Duvel. But yeah. If you go to a beer nerd store, but even like, see now if it's like a super beer nerd store, they're only going to have like hyper craft shit and the uh, big Belgians are kind of like not that trendy yeah so he has to go from aleppo so that makes uh him already more qualified than gary johnson was for he knows where aleppo is <laughs> oh that's a that's a topical he knows reference what aleppo is <laughs> and uh he's he has to he's getting on a train and he has to what's an aleppo <laughs> is that a muppet <laughs> And uh, he has to get on a train, and he's like, I will take this one. It is the Orient Express. And if you've read the title of the book, you're like, this is important. (laughs) And he gets on the train, and he meets a whole bunch of people. And right away, what I realized is, man, is this book racist. 
Yeah. Because... <laughs> but not against who you'd think. He, like, basically, he goes in... There's, like, a scene where he, like, walks into the train, and they go through the dining car, and there's just, like, you know, smorgasbord of people. And every person, he's like, hmm, that guy looks French. That guy looks like a big Italian greasy Dago. That guy, <laughs> that a, guy looks poor. He must be poor. Yeah, he's like, judges everyone 100% by what they look like. And it turns <laughs> out he's basically right. But that's a different issue. And he just sees all these people. It's like, oh, there's some rich Russian cunt. And there's some shitty American oh, the, woman who's the obnoxious. Russian lady was the ugliest lady he's ever seen in his life like he is stunned at how ugly this old woman is and every time he every time you meet her they have to tell you another detail about her hideousness like and her toad-like face was unmoved (laughs) flowers wilted when she walked by well they didn't say she was she was stanky uh she's so ugly she stank (laughs) her claw-like hands so yeah so he meets all these people and he's like this is great i will just sit here and then he, t- he gathers a lot of details that, of course, are going to be important later. But as you're reading this, you're like, I don't know what any of this... Should I remember any of this? No. I was... <laughs> after the first book time we did this, I was really, really hoping and entirely hedging my bets on the fact that there would be a recap chapter with a list of everything. And there was. <laughs> and I was like, yes. I did not have to read the first third of this book. We need to talk at the end of the... What is, at least from these two books that we've read, it clearly a formula. I guess oh, it's a formula. Has. Very oh, much yeah. so. This one just had kind of a twist ending. It's like very formulaic until you find out who done it. And it's like, oh. They done it. That's a little bit different. <laughs> but he did have all the same detective methods of, that person doesn't seem like they do it. Never mind. Oh, I just—I was looking for the line of Henny describes how ugly that woman is, and he said she had an ugliness of distinction, <laughs> which is an amazing <laughs> phrase. Back when insults were classy. Well, they're on this train, and then it gets stuck in the snow, and so they're like, "Fuck, we are all dressed up and nowhere to go." And they're in like Yugoslavia, of all yeah, places. Ooh. It's been a country for like three minutes, and <laughs> they get stuck there. This is All Dressed Up and Nowhere to Go from Evil Twin, New York City. And it is a double dry hopped India Pale Ale. 7%. This is one I haven't had recently. Six years old and older. Okay. <laughs> That's, that part's not true. It's fine. It's okay. It's, it's uh, got a kind of a, uh, what is it? Is it a hops? Is it R- <laughs> IPA? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, 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 thought th- I thought they were listing the hops, but the first word is hops colon. It's like, this hops just called hops? It's like, oh, it's, these are the hops. The I don't know ones. what Rewaka is, but uh, Citra. Like, it tastes Citra for sure. It's got a kind of an orange juice vibe. It tastes kind of like a Sunny D with a little kick, but not that strong. What hop are you thinking? Oaxaca, the cheese? Rewaka. Oh, okay, yeah. Oaxaca would be pretty good, unless you're lactose intolerant, in which case you would get horrible diarrhea. What's a damn good cheese? What the deal with Rewakas are? They are, of course, a New Zealand hop. That sounds like it. Could have guessed that. Yeah, it's pretty good. But, you know, 7%. So you could have like 46, 47 of these and, you know, easy going day. Be ready for lunch. So, uh, Like everybody on the train, because they can't <laughs> go anywhere. Like Death on the Nile. There are just a lot of random characters, or they seem very random because he's like on a mode of transportation. He's on a mode of public transportation, so obviously there are going to be a lot of random people there. Though and they do fall into a lot of the same categories as the last one, 
which is like an old lady with a servant, a bunch of Italian people. (laughs) (laughs) Who like a spicy meatball. Though one thing I did notice that was that both this book and the other one, Death and Nile, had in common is that the staff were not even suspected, not even in the slightest. Yeah. Both on the riverboat and on the train, they're like, oh, no. It's not anyone who works here. They, it was just like, they're barely people. can't possibly be. In this one, there's like five people they just ignore, and it's only like 17 people on the whole train. They're like, let's just cut a third of them out right now. Let's make it easy. It's not these, not these humble servants. They know their way around. They have access to everything. Oh, but it can't be them. We have to talk to the guests and focus yeah. on the guests. Both and both times, it didn't need to because they didn't do it. How many, okay, so how you, got, you, you always trust the help. <laughs> Monsieur Book, who is not suspected, he, because he was literally in a different train car when the murder but they, happened. But uh, They kept calling him M. Book all the time, like he's fucking M. Bison's brother. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> <laughs> he owns, doesn't own the train, he owns, he works for the company. And he hates that runs Italians and women. And he's a big fat dude, yeah. So he's a, he's a cool dude to hang out with. <laughs> yep, there he's is jowly, a... You could tell. Greek doctor named Constantine. That's not stereotypical at <laughs> all. <What a> sh- <laughs> Papadopoulos. <laughs> There's an English governess named Mary Debenham, a Mrs. Hubbard, who is an old American lady. Princess Dragomirov, who is supposedly an actual Russian princess that has been living in France. I don't know, since well, she's the like revolution. A, you know, yeah. She, well, well, remember when Thankful we... Thankful she just didn't get murdered in a basement. Well, remember <laughs> the, the Russian aristocracy spoke French habitually, so... And not mean, Russian, yeah. And, and not, yeah, so, you know... The Do trans- we know what year this France. book took place? Uh, in probably 34. Uh, um, you know, maybe you didn't, didn't but it, it, came it pretty out much took, took place in, in 34 or 35. It, well, here's the thing. It couldn't have taken place before 1920 because it has Yugoslavia. There was no Yugoslavia before 1920 uh, okay. or 1919. And there was still a Russian empire Yeah, before 1917. The dragonly old lady has um, a servant with her. The German? There's yeah. a count and a countess, a Hungarian count and countess who are very hot-blooded. The one but not in a Hungarian. Latin way. No, what does that a mean? Talkative Italian named Foscarelli, <laughs> who speaks gesticulates wildly with his hands all the time. Well, he's he's I'm signing it in up. case there's anyone who's hard of hearing. <laughs> he's very progressive. <laughs> An American car salesman. He's a ink ribbon salesman. He's not a car salesman. He's so. He's, it turns out he says, sells neither. So, since you guys always make fun of me for not seeing any movies, I went and watched both film versions of Murder on the Orient Express both this of week. Them. I watched both of them, yeah. I saw, the, I saw the new one maybe a few years ago. I, I never you saw it. You clearly did not one. learn the lesson of us making fun of you. It was not to watch those shitty movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you never saw Coming to America, but, like, but no, I'm going to watch Murder on the Orient Express with Twice. Kenneth Branagh's mustache. Two different versions of it. Did you do that instead of reading the book? <laughs> no, I, I read the book, though I did hope that watching the film versions would help me remember what happens. It does I don't help. think, I'm, I don't know if it's uh, really going to help The big picture much. is the same. Probably they changed yeah. around everyone's name and job. 
I was actually uh, thinking as I read this, this would make changes. Actually. This would be much better as a movie than it was as a book because especially I didn't like the, the movies, movie later. So I didn't oh, like right. either of the movies very much. So, so the movie I on a plane, say, so I had nothing else to do. Well, there, I only know the one that came out like two years ago. Or what was that one? Like, is, the, is that the one really old? Uh, 74. Oh, fuck. That must be horrendous. Oh, Sean, Sean Connery plays the English colonel. That must be just horrendous. He's really only in like one scene. Like, he, like they clearly only got him. They like, they're like, you only have to be on in one or two scenes. It's like, okay, can fine. I slap anybody? Will it be pushy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Albert Finney was in that? Anyway, the, there's an English colonel named Arbuthnot. Is that how you say it? Anyway. It's it was a British yeah, name. It's probably like Arbin. You just like ignore I totally thought he was Indian the whole thing until they got to later on where he's like, oh, and in England. It's like, oh. Okay. Well, they call him at one point, they call him the Sahib. So maybe he is. I, yeah. I, I, but I think he had to be white because he's involved with another character on the train and they wouldn't allow that. No. With the amount of racism going on, they would have commented on it. Oh, every yeah. time that character came in and he smelt mildly of curry <laughs> <laughs> which was an improvement <laughs> like i'm sure that uh last character there's uh so there's a police detective there's a detective no, the guy don't who know. You, you don't know that at first you find out that he's actually a detective my favorite character sort of a little bit uh oh, and then there's boss. also the conductor named Pierre Michel. Who just fucking shit what his name is? Anyway. <laughs> also, uh, oh, and, and the then, guy who gets killed. And the guy and that staff. gets killed is named Ratchet. His daughter's a nurse. <laughs> One flew over the cuckoo's nest hadn't been, <laughs> yeah, had, hadn't been uh, written yet, but, you know, I guess being a nice guy runs in the family. He, uh, and he has staff with him. He has a butler, or he has a manservant, and a secretary. But it's a man Both secretary. Which... Progressive. <laughs> <laughs> Come here and take dictation. And everyone on the train sees him and thinks, that guy is mean and weird. I can tell just by looking at him. And they're like, that's, that's a very assumptuous. I don't know the word. <laughs> and it turns out they're right. He's a real bad guy. But not for long, because soon he becomes a dead guy. On the second night, middle of the night, oh, okay, in the second night, Ratchet gets murdered, though it's not discovered until the next day. Although they happen to be stopped in the middle of the night because of a snowdrift. So the train, like, literally isn't going anywhere. It's And it's stuck in the middle of nowhere in Yugoslavia. So, you know, clearly it's just all goats. It's like if, <laughs> if, if, if the middle of nowhere was a, was a target, they're in the bullseye. <laughs> they're, like, right in the middle of nowhere. So in the morning... Ratchet doesn't answer his door when his manservant doesn't, there's valet brings him, brings him his morning, whatever. And then they sort of like get in with the key and he's dead. There's been a murder on the train. And then the owner of the train, Monsieur Bouc says, is happens to be friends with Poirot and says, please solve this for us, please. This would make our lives so much easier. Besides we're stuck here. What else do you have to do? There's a murder and you're going to do nothing? We really don't trust those Yugoslavian police. <laughs> Another similarity, or at least like a similar mm-hmm. thing in the formula. I mean, there are many similarities, but in the, the formula that Agatha Christie uses is one, before the murder, one of the characters asks to hire Poirot mm. 
as like to do something like in this case it was will you i'm getting letters threatening my life will you protect me and poor out turns him down both times he's like i'm on vacation asshole he (laughs) says i don't like your face yeah (laughs) he did say that to this guy it's like uh, like, i don't protect uggos like what what, i could pay you i don't like your face sir and he walks away the guy's like well your mother liked it and then the end of scene he thought anyway it's implied (laughs) poro says fetch me the doctor and they bring the doctor and the doctor says that he's ratchet has been stabbed 11 times and there's a lot of blood everywhere so i have a beer for this and he's also that doctor definitely didn't do it (laughs) oh yeah definitely couldn't have been it no not chance he's not suspected this is blood orange crush by saloop much like a train, a sloop is a way of traveling. <laughs> Murder on the sloop John B. That's, <laughs> I can't believe she didn't write that one. Motherfucker <laughs> ate all of my corn. <laughs> he had to die. <laughs> he was just so broke up. He had to go home. This is a sour with blood orange. A sour ale brewed with blood orange. Is that a 5% sloop alcohol. beer that's not an IPA? It is not an IPA. Okay. It's a sour. And it's definitely sour. I can't say I taste a ton of orange in it, though. Do you taste any blood? Ooh. No. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Tried biting your tongue real hard. It's also not very... uh, It's also still pretty light in color. We should say, though, that this beer is brought to us by our... Since you you brought the beverage vessel out. It's brought to us by our... The beverage vessel. Yeah. (laughs) Brought to us by our Beverage uh, containment vehicle. (laughs) Our our supporters over at Patreon. If you head over to patreon.com slash drunk guys book club, you could support the podcast financially uh, and get in return all sorts of things like early access to our episodes, vote in our monthly book poll, get exclusive content, uh, shout outs uh, on when we do those, and even like physical swag that we will send to you. We've been hard at work coming up with more stuff to send to people that is somehow beer-related. Fortunately, you could drink beer out of just about anything, so there's a lot of things. So head on over there if you're interested, and if you if you, that's not your thing, uh, don't worry. You could also help us out by just leaving us a review wherever you're listening and just writing up to five stars, one for each beer that I'm going to drink today, <laughs> on this calendar day at least. <laughs> not this episode. <laughs> so... There are a lot of clues. The main important thing is that there's a piece of paper in the ashtray that's been burnt, but it's only been like slightly burnt or more like it's been burnt, but it's not, didn't completely crumble into ash. And so Poirot, because he's part CSI, has this thing where he got these two like hat things from two ladies hat boxes and puts them together and then lights it on fire somehow and he can read what's on it and it says something with the word armstrong that like it said a couple of other little words too but mainly the thing is armstrong and immediately paro realizes all of this stuff this man that died must be he's the, his real name isn't ratchet his real name is Armstrong, no, it's Cassetti, <laughs> and he's the man that killed the Armstrong's child, which was not the Lin, which was really the Lindbergh child, but you know, she changed the name. And that must be who is. So this murderer just got murdered. Ironic. It's like maybe. rain on your wedding day. <laughs> and so they do the intense crime solving techniques but, of but who stabbed first, this guy? He, he knew, <laughs> yeah, Harry, let's ask everybody. Did you stab him? But wait, 
this fucking Armstrong murder mystery is made up, right? And you're just like, oh, this exists in this universe and everyone knows about it. It's so famous. How convenient. He got that from two words on a burnt piece of paper. And it happened years ago in America. Yeah. And also, like, all the time, they're always asking, like, hey, do you like America? And then, like, half the characters, all the British people are like, no, America is shit. And everyone <laughs> else is like, I would love to go to America. And uh, that was the most frustrating part of the book. It was kind of like in Silence of the Lambs when Hannibal Lecter was like, oh, yeah, I could help you solve this mystery because I happen to know that guy. That this is the same, this was similar. It's like, ah, oh, this is related to that other unsolved case that i had nothing to do with but i read a lot i've read several editorials about and and here goes the rest of the book it was just what a dumb turn he just he's he's wrong he's great at deducing so when this book came out that was actually kind of reasonable or more like Like because the the Lindbergh Lindbergh thing yeah the Lindbergh baby had the Lindbergh the kidnapping of the Lindbergh baby had happened only two years before this is it like in, saying nowadays, which, like, who's Bin Laden? Did he do something? In two, except saying that in 2003. Yeah. Uh, so in what really did happen in 1932 is the famous, uh, like, one of America's most famous people, which the was Charles of the century. For, uh for being the first to solo fly across the Atlantic, in which really was, it's a pretty crazy story by itself, which we won't tell, but in, that was in 19, the early 1920s. He was a huge celebrity. In 1932, his young child was kidnapped. And then, you know, he was, they, they was getting ransom. They demand, the, the kidnappers were demanding ransom. Turns out the kid was already dead. And it was pretty heartbreaking. In the book, they're the Armstrongs, not the, not the Limburgs, Because that's too ethnic for, you know, British people. This whole story was very, very familiar to the people reading this book in 1934. So what happened, you find out some backstory where um, the, 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 you know, the, this guy, guy named Armstrong, his baby was kidnapped, or like very, very young child was kidnapped. She was three. They paid the ransom, uh, and then, but they, the baby was found dead later, just like the Lindbergh baby. The mother, who was pregnant with the second child, has a miscarriage and dies. The father... Who was the who was the the fam- who was a famous aviator? I think that was in one of the movies. Maybe it was in the book. I can't remember. He, in the book, he's a he's a soldier, he's like a colonel, just a soldier. Um, he kills himself. The maid who he's was accused. suspected or accused by the by the authorities but didn't do it jumped out of a window and killed herself. And then dramatic lady making a scene. Pretty much the worst it could be. You're immediately told all of this stuff and that the, the real perpetrator was never caught, but that the, when the f- police finally figured out who it was, this man, man, man named Cassetti, he had already fled the country. So the guy's dead, and they find out, and now they're like, oh, we have to solve this. But first we're going to solve it by making a lot of weird psychological racist snap judgments about who did it based on the crime. That passed as crime solving back well, then, and it's hilarious a, now. It's it's this is basically police work until like 1988. <laughs> 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 I've been watching that um the Night Stalker thing on on Netflix, and you know it's a true crime documentary about the Night Stalker serial killer human nightmare in 1985 LA who like just 
murdering, mm. raping, abducting children, old ladies, men. Like, didn't matter. Just horrible menace. Okay. And, and their guy's like, so I saw he shot this one girl, and then this other one, he made a noise. He wanted to see the fear. So I knew that this other crime had to be him. I was like, that's not really sound. That's just a hunch, we call that. And in fact, at one point in this book, M. Bison or whatever is like, it is like you Americans say, the hunch. <laughs> you have the hunch. I was like, no, that's, that's, that's a terrible birth defect, actually. No, that's not, no one has that. <laughs> well, he's, we're gonna M. Bison in this story has a lot of other really interesting points of view. He does. But you know what? I need to have a beard to talk about these racists. Uh, so the killer, and they right away, they're like, it might be two. Because this, these stab wounds are clearly men's stab wounds because they're shaped like dicks. And these other ones... <laughs> <laughs> these other ones... Stabbed him with his penis. And see this gash over here? That's a lady. <laughs> see what happened there? Um, but it's, it's a feeble lady cut. Like he... Like this is little... And it's like, oh, I thought that was a Nick when he was shaving. No, that's a lady trying to commit murder. No, but basically, <laughs> that's what they say. Like, these are men wounds, and that's a lady wound. It's probably two killers. But whoever the killer is, they were sneaking around at night, and they must have been really quiet. You know who sneaks around really quiet? Cats. <laughs> <laughs> this beer's called Cat Feet. <laughs> I saw that one today. I was like, I can't, I can't justify that. <laughs> Oh, thank goodness I'm here. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> this is a double IPA from Finback. It's 8.7% alcohol and it is uh, dry hopped with cashmere, citra, mandarina, uh, which might be one of the characters' names. I don't even know, remember them all. Mosaic and Sabro. And what does it say on the bottom? It says something weird. It says toe beans, which is like, like the creepiest combination of words I've heard in a while. <laughs> oh, toe beans are... Uh what they call the cat bottom of the cat's, cat's toe pads. Cat little under, yeah. under toe things. But it just sounds really creepy. And I was just, I just listened to our episode about the mister and we made a lot of foot jokes oh, yeah. and it just sounds like, Oh, let me get them toe beans. It just sounds like <laughs> something a creepy bastard would say. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Daddy needs his fiber. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst. That's the worst. <laughs> These are not things I say in my personal life. It's just for the show. Okay, so... <laughs> you just record them and put them on the internet. <laughs> Anything to make that sweet Patreon money, Nate. Okay, so this is a double IPA. It's great. Uh, juicy, delicious, sweet. I think mean, Finback double IPAs are always great. And they don't sponsor real cat feet? It's made with... Oh, that's why I'm sneezing. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's made with all, all the hops. The only one in here I'm not familiar with is Mandarina. Sabro is like my favorite hop lately. Because it's like, almost like a cantaloupe flavor. Citra and Mosaic we see all the time. Cashmere is becoming more popular. I don't know a shit about Mandarina. I'll have to look that up another time and find out what that's about. But Sounds like an orange thing. Yeah, it must be. I mean, they're all like variations on the same three hops. They're just cultivars of Mosaic or uh, you know, Zeus or, or random ones that, you know, Columbus, the ones you don't see that much anymore. They're just variations on that. Mm. So someone's been creeping around and they kill them and then they start interviewing people and... They do it in this fucking dumbass way where they have the three, the three guys and they're like, here's what we'll do. We'll just ask people some dumb questions and then let them like go. And we won't actually check to see, you know, that they don't like talk to each other or anything like that in case, you know, we think it might be two killers, but like we're not going to try to in any way isolate people to prevent them from corroborating their stories. Well, these people are of like aristocracy level stuff, so you can't inconvenience them primarily. Except, 
Except that American lady who speaks very, very southerly. Very. <laughs> so I do declare. All those weird accents and people from all over the, uh, the world that they're interviewing. And, you know, emotions are running high because it's a murder and everybody's all angsty. So with all those languages and feelings, there's a lot of moody tongues. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a moody blues cover band. But this they... is Moody Tongue. Is the brewery I oh, found shit. out? Uh, they're a new one. I looked them up. They seem quite interesting, actually. It's like a brew brewery restaurant that makes its own beer and then serves food there. And they're in Chicago. I would have suspected that when you said brewery restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> and this one, I, I, there were there were three. Doesn't take of Hercule these. Poirot to figure that shit out, dude. <laughs> there were uh, three of this brand or brewery in the store and this was the one that i wanted to get the most so i got it and it is called bourbon barrel age 12 layer 12 layer cake imperial stout god damn it's 13.9 percent fuck and i looked up the website to find out what the fuck this thing was it says the inspiration behind this beer rests in the kitchen of our tasting room where they proudly serve a 12 layer german chocolate cake so this is basically a very alcoholic version of the cake they make or something and it's bourbon barrel aged and the other ones there were like barley wine and peated scotch barrel ones i didn't want those uh but i got this one and smells like cake with a lot of liquor in it oh say for the record drinking it out of the bottle is probably not the way to do it got a cup like a like an adult (laughs) i'm jealous that sounds really good it does this is gonna this is gonna hurt me but in a very good way there's just there's so much of it. <laughs> Are you going to feel like you get stabbed 12 times? I'm going to feel like I wish I was stabbed for 12 times to let all this out of me. A 12-ounce bottle? How much was that bottle? Uh, it was $11. That's not bad for that kind no. of thing. Yeah. That's pretty standard. But it's, uh, it's enough for like, it's like four beers in a cup. So Nice glass, Jimmy. Well, oh, thanks. We made it. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> it tastes like uh, tastes like liquor liquor cake, which is you know if you don't want that, you're fucking wrong. So, but it it tastes strong. Oh God, I can feel it already. <sighs> yeah. Jimmy drinks the hardest shit of anyone I, I, in in the most volume. I don't understand how a fourteen percent alcohol beer, and you're like, oh, I'm not gonna live. I've watched you drink like ten scotches in a period of like four hours, and you Probably. still walked. Walked is a loose term. Uh, high alcohol beer, for some reason, it just hits me hard. I don't know why. Like, you know, when you drink liquor, there's only little tiny bits of it. Also, your interpretation that of, is not of liquor is, your interpretation of liquor is not great because no, any amount binged. to you is essentially poison. Yeah, I can't do hard liquor. We're like but the inverse of each other. This, this thing feels strong. Like, it feels physically heavy. And it's it's, it's damn good though. The density of a newborn star. Yeah, it's 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 it is black as fuck. That's racist, Jimmy. <laughs> but it is moody. It's moody. But I did choose the right one. I think. I think this is better than the barley wine or the. You should have gotten scotch both, barrel. Dude. One would have been weird. I don't know. I don't know, man. We've had scotch barrel. It's good stuff. Anyway, they find out uh, a, a whole bunch, bunch of, stuff. of details, and. From and Hercule clearly knows it all already, but he's like, "No, I will not tell, and I'll have these two shithead guys with me ask dumb questions all along the way." One and will just keep accusing the Italian. Yeah, 
<laughs> so this, no, he's then he was stabbed. That is only Italian stab. Well, they did say he comes from America, from Chicago. And remember, an Italian's weapon is the knife. And he stabs not once, but several times. And then Poirot is like, that's true. I forgot about that. Good point. <laughs> Didn't one of them also suspect the Italian because they always lie? <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> they always lie and they always use knives. It was something like that. Oh, yeah, here. It's, it's also M. M. Bison. He said, he has been a long time in America, and he is an Italian, and Italians use the knife, and they are great liars. I do not like Italians. <laughs> just like at the end there, just <laughs> throwing that in in case it wasn't clear. <laughs> just, to, just to summarize, and they're greasy. Um, well, actually, the Hungarians are apparently greasy when it comes to their passports, but we'll get to that. Well, also, right after that, Poirot is like, well, it may be that you are right, but I will point out to you, my friend, that there is absolutely no evidence against this man. And he says, what about the psychology? Do not Italian stab? <laughs> Assuredly, said Poirot. <laughs> Especially in the heat of a quarrel. But this, this is a different kind of crime. Or a vendetta. I have the little idea, my friend, that this is a crime very carefully planned and staged. It is far-sighted, long-headed crime. It is not, how shall I express it, a Latin crime. Yeah. It is a crime that shows traces of a cool, resourceful, deliberate brain. An Anglo-Saxon an brain. brain. <laughs> it's like, yes, Italians stab, and they definitely stab a lot, but they're too stupid to stab like this. Only the <laughs> They're too stupid plans. to plan ahead. Only a real white man could really stab this brutally and crazily, but thoughtfully. Only a Protestant white man could plan <laughs> this out. <laughs> Papists don't stab this way. Well, can I just go back one more Italian thing to say that that guy is when they say when they're doing another one like oh is there anybody with you uh, I forget who they're talking to it doesn't matter it's like yes sir a big Italian fellow does he speak English well a kind of English sir <laughs> he's been in America Chicago and it's like uh so he speaks he's an Italian who only learned dumb person English uh I see I will approach him with a snack to earn his trust. <laughs> a deep dish pizza? <laughs> Here's a hot dog with lots of things on it. <laughs> There's a too dog. many things on the pizza and the hot dog. Bippity boo. Careful. He's going to stab. That's what it's they like do. a cannoli, but meat. <laughs> I prefer sausage. Meat cannoli uh, is a good band name. Uh, meat. <laughs> That's a great band name. Isn't that a calzone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. but whatever. <laughs> a calzone is just a big pizza pizza roll. It's like a it's like a pizza made by a very confused Mexican who is like, "Are we making? Are we still doing burritos?" And it's a, like, it's a panizza panizanada, panizza panada. I've heard. I met her once. Uh, who was? Is <laughs> a girl from Ipanema. And say when I when I was in uh, New Orleans and we went to a nice restaurant, like Mr. B's Bistro's. Was, Restaurant's been there for like 40 years. And it's like waiters wear tuxedos and shit. And the guy speaks in this draw, you know, New Orleans accent that I, I will try to imitate, but not when we're just being recorded. And <laughs> he was like, where, where are you Where are you all from? And well, we're from New York. And he's like, oh, you eat different foods up there. Like, and he's like, thought for a couple seconds. And he said, like, calzones. Like, he had to <laughs> pronounce it like it was this, like, as if you were saying, well, like, he's the guy from, like, like, like he's the old guy word. from Big Fish. 
you have calzones and stuff. I was like, uh, I have had a calzone once or twice, yeah. But that's not like every day. He's like, I don't know. Like, you know what? That's cool. <laughs> so well, I think I've ever had a calzone. It's good stuff. Making small talk with dumb tourists, that's a hard job. It is. I'm very good at making small talk. I'll talk about all sorts of dumb bullshit. But not to assume I ate calzones, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love a calzone. They strike me as something that will, like pizza rolls, truly never cool and will only cause pain. No, you cut it into, you know, so, it, you know, you increase the surface area for it to cool. <laughs> so you, uh, you open it back up to make a pizza? No, you like cut, it's like a, it's a roll thing. Where calzone's like a half circle, semi-circle thing, and you cut it it's into like a, slices. like a pocket, isn't it? Yeah. You cut it into slices? You cut it in half, at least, if you're, like if you're a, pizza? a barbarian. I thought you just eat it like a big pizza roll. It's the same way you cut a stromboli. <laughs> See, I, I, I think I've had a stromboli <laughs> once, but I couldn't tell you what a stromboli is. Is that like the one that looks like a baguette with a hot dog in the middle? That, that is the description of, of <laughs> something your mother does for money. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Someone with a twisty bread. Uh, stromboli is it's, it's like the same fucking thing. It's like a bread pocket, and inside you stuff a bunch of shit. Meat, it, cheese, tomato sauce. Yeah, basically. Yeah. All right. So they get a lot of information, and each character. Here's another one of the plot formula formulae. Is formulae? Oh, they are lying. Every yeah. character is, actually. Every, Every character, character is hiding something. And only Poirot can determine if they're hiding something important or hiding something dumb that they're just embarrassed about or something. Like being an Italian. Most of them, if not all of them, are hiding a connection to either the murder to the murdered person. Or a handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> but in on Death in the in in Death in the Nile, like this random guy turned out to be the accountant for the account for the estate, whatever. Anyway, so everyone had a connection to the person who was murdered. Now, this time, this was definitely on purpose and not just bad writing. Yeah. So I can't remember who it is, but who Poirot whether figures out or s- explains, determines, has a connection to the Armstrongs. Uh, I think it's the old lady. That was in one of the movies, but I think in the other, it was actually the secretary. Uh, anyway, it turns out that Princess Dragomirov actually is be- was best friends with the grandmother. The, 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 the mother? The gran- no, the, so the grandmother of the, of the murdered child. Oh, the, the daughter died of, you know, in She in was the, uh, the godmother of the woman. She made an offer she couldn't refuse. In, I think, the 1970... For version, he actually real discovers that uh, the secretary is in fact the son of the prosecutor on the case who did not catch Cassetti, but actually was pinning it on. Yeah, the maid. that was that in the book. That was that was in the book. One of the characters was the son of the prosecutor, and they're like, "How did you not know who that guy was?" Of course, it's revealed at the end. Of course, that, I knew. yeah, obviously. But at but, the time, it's like, "Wow, that's." Highly unlikely. Can't remember the order. And then eventually he determines that, you know, oh, everybody's lying and everybody, other people have connections. And then the, the countess, you know, yeah, so a different aristocrat. <laughs> he, the, the countess was lying and then there's a smudge of grease on her passport. It's like the Italian must have handled this. <laughs> <laughs> How did you let him touch it? 
over her the at the beginning of her name that her real name isn't Elena, it's Helena, which was of course what was monogrammed onto the handkerchief that was found the next to the body. H. Right next to the body. And there's also a pipe cleaner used to so make they were doing crafts projects. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's also <laughs> there's also dried macaroni my mom. <laughs> dried macaroni and Elmer's glue. <laughs> There's an entire kindergarten class in this room. <laughs> and there's only one person who smokes a pipe. And it's besides your mother. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a pipe, not the pipe. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I can't wait to drink this other beer. So I'm just gonna pause. But I mean it could have had it at any point actually. Yeah, drink it. So uh I'll just make up an excuse right now. So the little child, we learn later and uh, who was murdered, who doesn't exist in the book and didn't exist ever. Is just a little sweet baby angel, and everybody loved her. And everybody who knew her was like, I loved that kid, even though I was basically uh, an indentured servant that worked for her. <laughs> I mean, really, later, later on, oh, like, yeah. I, was the, I was the chauffeur, and they put cigarettes out on me. No, they didn't. But <laughs> it's good to have a job. Uh, this is called In Our Angelhood, and it's by Root and Branch. And it's a triple India Pale Ale. Uh, it is a multi-oat wheat triple IPA with brewed and dry hopped with Citra Galaxy and Motuka. And also, if I'm really lazy, root and branch sound like things of train tracks. Like, there's a, <laughs> you know, homophone for root. What? Root, R-O-U-T-E. Root, oh, and then there's branches off okay. of it. Gotcha. Come on, man. We're a book podcast. I thought you were like you know, train tracks are made of wood, like roots and branches. And you said it sounds the same. Even like, more connections, <laughs> connections like a train. All right, I guess I just won the podcast. I guess that's what you're saying. This is worst so, slash best connection. So goddamn good. I just wanted to drink it before it went bad. I, did, I was not going to wait. Is it another. old? No, but it's a triple IPA that's amazing, and it's not going to last very long. Do in my the house. more level of IPA age faster? Well, the alcohol content keeps like the overall beer, I suppose, from getting shitty. But at this, this is a triple IPA that's super dry hopped. So that dry hopped flavor is the first thing it's going to go, mm. and then you're okay. going to be left with like a strong tea-like beer. You know, once you lose the hop flavor, it's really not that pleasant, especially for these juicy New England style beers where almost all the hops are thrown in at the end. You'll be left with something not really great. Not that I've waited long enough to find out in many cases, but uh, this is just a great beer. You just don't want to wait for that taste for that to beer be to over. be over. Yeah. <laughs> I want to drink it right now. What will it be? Where have all the cowboys gone? Okay, so uh, Paula Cole. Uh, so we found out uh, the handkerchief we got there, and then I mean I don't know how much we want to like go a, through it's the like details. A chapter per interview, and in the end, it doesn't matter. Oh, and every chapter, it's... Thanks, Lincoln Park. Um, <laughs> but each chapter, it's like... I love that the names are The Evidence of the American Lady, The Evidence of the Swedish Lady. Yeah. The Evidence of the Russian... Confusing. It's like, they're, hey, guys, let's solve this mystery with racism. <laughs> like It's like all they care about is like, I don't think an American would do that. And then later on, I don't think a Russian lady would... That does sound like something a Swede would do. Like we got to be use, careful cash, questioning this English lady. You know the English, they don't show emotions, which is true, but still. <laughs> so I don't know, Nate. But also, at this point, we learn the secret almost immediately of 
oh, the American, was... my favorite character, the queen, the salesman, oh Hardman, Detective Cyrus Hardman, the private Mr. Dick. Hardman, private Dick. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're interviewing him, and he's like, "Yeah, here's they're interviewing my... him thoroughly," and he is like, "I'm gonna have to make this public." <laughs> ask him about all the ladies. I was like, "Yeah, ladies." <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a pretty it's it's definitely a nineteen seventies porn name. Oh yeah, when they ask her about the ladies, like it's like oh you know there was a the the woman who killed herself the the, the uh, nanny or whoever she was. Uh, she Susanna said, or something. Yeah, I was like she threw herself out a window. Remember, I was like sure, that's a good point. That she was a foreigner of some kind. Maybe she had some WAP relations. Does it say WAP? Does not. It said WAP. WAP. Get the freely, dude. It said WAP. Word search WAP right now. <laughs> Well, maybe she just didn't have papers, because that's what... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, yeah, wow. I can't I, believe I, you missed that. Uh, you know, I was... It was that's uh, when they just cast all subtlety aside. Just like, these whoppy, stabby, stabbies. Oh, he's the American talking, right? So they make, you know... Yeah. He, he talks in, like, clearly, like, a person who's only heard about American slang <laughs> the whole time. He's like... Let's cut to the chase around the bush. Like he just like <laughs> says a bunch. It's of many things. degrees Fahrenheit out there. <laughs> I don't know how many miles, inches, and feet it is of this track left. Well, actually, the British had that, but still, it's just. I'm going to use an imperial ton of shit, not a metric ton. Wow, I didn't notice the WAP thing. But yeah, he oh, says a bunch of dumb everyone on the shit. train noticed it. Well, we don't call them things anymore. We call them people. <laughs> Um. <laughs> so right at the end, so there's this big. So finally, oh, we're gonna skip the whole thing. Okay, fine. We're gonna <laughs> skip too most of it. Anyway. There's like so many it things. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. Well, the, there's the. There's the. Well, can I just say one last thing? In the last book, Jimmy pointed out that there was the uh, socialist guy that they suspected, and he was the red red herring. Oh yeah. In this book, <laughs> there's the red kimono they keep worrying about as a totally uh-huh. other red herring. Coincidence, I'm sure, in this that they're both red in different ways. True, but Poirot, one point, like, I will tell you, make you a bet, gentlemen, that we will find because at one point, like, there's a lady's like, oh, there was a guy dressed up as the as a helper, you know, as a conductor, there was or whatever. A small, the dark-skinned man with a lady's oh. voice. Yeah, and they're like, that's nobody on the train. That's really bizarre. And he was wearing a uniform, and he left a button here, and then they f- and no one's missing a button. He's like, we will find the button, we will find the uniform in that guy's luggage right over there. In the German lady's luggage. And sure enough, there it is. And then he goes to his, and he's like, and they keep looking for the red kimono, and like he's asking, it's kind of weird. He's like, can you, can you write your address down for me, please? Great. Have you ever been to America? What color is your nightgown? Like, it's a weird line <laughs> it's of It's like he's looking for your bank password. What do you? And who was your best bed? friend in chi- in grade school? <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of your first family pet? <laughs> and then, of course, the red kimono is in his luggage, and he's like, "Well played." And then it never gets mentioned again. He's just like, "I'm a fucking." You can't fool me. And then you just move on. That was one of the dumbest things in the book. Though we, there is one of my favorite lines in the book uh, when they're interviewing the German woman. She, uh, she's she's the she's the servant of the prin- the Russian princess, and she, they're talking about the Armstrong case where the little kid got murdered. She's like, "Yeah, that's 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 crazy. That's terrible. It was abominable, wicked. The 
the good God would not should not allow such things. We are not so wicked as that in Germany. It's like oh, four years before Ooh. the fucking Holocaust. <laughs> It's like, oh, you spoke Yikes. too soon, ma'am. Did not age well. <laughs> uh, Hitler and the Nazis had been elected to power by 1934. Or yeah, in 1934. But they hadn't done anything that wicked yet. They wouldn't kill millions of kids for another week, maybe two. Maybe they wanted all their glass broken that night. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So then oh, they solved sorry. the case. So uh, they're sort of like... They a is a loose term. Yeah, a whole bunch of interviews, and then Poirot is, like, not really explaining what's going on very much, and then he's finally like, gather everyone together. I shall reveal the murderer. I will reveal the two possible ways this works. Yeah, exactly. So what he says is there are two possible solutions to this case. First, that... It was the the black guy. Stopped. (laughs) (laughs) There was the black guy over there, actually, in the... um, the 2017 version, they actually make Colonel oh, or both not a black guy. Yeah, and they oh, no. and they strangely like bring race into it too. It was actually kind of like really weird. It was already here then, in the book, man. So the <laughs> race was, was Italians. A, yeah, it was just it was just <laughs> European racism. <laughs> Says so there are two possibilities. The first possibility is when the train was stopped because of the snowdrift. Someone boarded the train dressed as a conductor, stabbed Pratchett, and then left. Second way is much more complex, and it goes through this whole thing where he's like, I know you're related to the case this way, you're related to the case that way. The dumb doctor who has been wrong 100% of the time is like, wait a second, that's stupid. That has like a million holes in it. That can't be right. He's like, maybe, but don't count it out till I tell you the second plan. And then he goes through the whole convo, and when you're reading, this is the longest chapter of the book, and it's He's like, this is like two pages in. You're like, there's another 15 pages of this fucking chapter. This other plan is probably more convoluted. And then it goes to what you were saying, Nate. Sorry. So he's, he explains how each and every single person on the train is related to the Armstrongs or worked for the Armstrongs or, you know, was in love with the maid, stuff like that, or his father was the prosecutor, each and every single one, and then surmises that they planned this, that they planned it together. That they were all, they all were going to be on the train together at the same time, and they all murdered him. One major flaw in this, but and we'll get to that in a second. So he's uh, and, and he says, uh, yeah, just one that you all did it. There's so different stab wounds, some made by feeble women because <laughs> some because <laughs> some of you women did stab him. Your weak wrists. Well, there's a part when he's interviewing. Countess Dragunov, Princess, whatever the fuck, you know, Slobodan Milosevic, whatever her name is. And she, he's like, she's the only one he can't figure out if she's right-handed or left-handed because they've seen from the stab wounds that, that it's a combination of right-handed and left-handed people of stabs. Uh, and he's like, I think your strength is in your will, not in your arm. And she looks and she's like, yeah, that's a bummer. I wish I was way stronger. Because I could, and then you realize later, it's like, so I could stab the fuck out of that guy. <laughs> Said I had to just give him a little, little tiny boo boo. <laughs> and so he goes through this whole thing, revealing what happened, revealing all this stuff. And then he kind of goes, What do you think? And the train conductor dude, Mr. Uh, Mr. Bison, 
says <laughs> Monsieur Bison. Maybe it was Monsieur Bison the whole time. <laughs> Monsieur Book says well, Guile looks kind of French in spelling. Maybe that's a, a French word. Really? Clearly, in what? Well, okay, it was, sorry, Plum Pack. In Poirot's thing, he says clearly this is the man that was murdered, had escaped justice, and kind of goes on about that for a, for a while. Uh, and then the conductor man says, let's go with the first option. And then Poirot says, then the case is closed. The end. Yeah, then so, I could retire from this case back to my you know, vacation. It's a really terrible vacation. Pretty much. Again. Pretty ratchet. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be here today. My big problem with this solution is Poirot's like, room was right next to Ratchet's. Really, they twelve people could have gotten out of their gotten out of their rooms into the hallway all together, jumped all crammed into one guy's room, stabbed the guy, though he was drugged at the time, so you wouldn't have put up a fuzz, but and Poirot wouldn't have like like, hey, what's going on outside? Is there a party and they didn't invite me? They might have like lined up and just gone in one by one. Well, because, like, the door opened up for them to go through into another person. They had, like, a conga line of stabbing. You know, like, what didn't his, that guy's room attached to someone else's room? It atta- like, wasn't attached there, wasn't to, there a lady uh, who, like, woke up to, to Hubbard's room, didn't it? Uh, there's actually a diagram in, in the book, and I was like, should I pay attention to this? I didn't. Yeah, it didn't really matter. I bet they'll just tell us. I'm not going to look yeah. at this. And so, uh, actually, one person did try to, like, take all the blame. It was my plan, and it turned out to be the, the grandma. Just she, you know, she's playing her last part because she was a theater actress. She's and the greatest Shakespearean of her day or something bullshit. Tragic actress. And then he's like, but even you he could place your, her shitty fake accent. He's like, you're shit, you sound like a, a fake Beauregard. More like... Very good. More like <laughs> disregard. You know oh. what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> and, and she goes... I always did prefer to play comedies, but I can't do a British accent, so I'm going to stick to the the terrible Beauregard accent I'm trying to do. <laughs> and it's like I was, I always fancied myself a comedic actor, and he's like, okay, Blanche, you got that. Uh, who cares? And that's over. Uh, but yeah, I think I think there's a million things <laughs> of this book that if you look at it carefully, like, well, that doesn't really no, it doesn't really work. Like there was one thing in there, detective. So, so like one of the things about detective books is like all the clues are supposed to kind of be there though they're never really directly there yeah and and after at the end you're supposed to be like oh yeah that happened and i i just i'm just not smart enough to see it as if you know a person who knows the right combination of trivia and psychological tics can solve every murder you know because that's what he kind of does he's like but she knew the english term Long distance, but that's only used in America. How would she know that if she's a British governess? And you know, that's a, literally a thing in this book, right? So you all mm-hmm. these stupid things. So I'm reading this and trying to, can I figure this out? Is it possible? And of course it's not. Though you did know from right away, like, there's a lot of people to suspect, which is the normal formula. So it's a bit of a twist that you, it's, it turns to be everybody, not just one person. But he says something, uh, oh yeah, he says, after the interview, well, we know that this guy did whatever because of the testimony of four witnesses, right? He says, like, oh, yeah, there were four people. Two people mention it, and then these other people didn't mention it, didn't mention it. So that means the other people in their stories must have seen it. It's like, dude, that's not how that works. Like, he falls into the 
uh, absence of evidence does not mean evidence of absence trap. You know what I'm talking about? Like where he's mm-hmm. like, these yeah. two people described this thing and these two people who should have seen it, they didn't. So therefore it, it did. It's like, no, like it's, it's a lot of just like very clever crap. And since he's talking to the two dumbest Frenchmen in the world, uh, it, one's a Greek. Oh, well that, <laughs> that, ex, that explains it all, I guess. Uh, i just i felt like the the cleverness is actually if you if you are like a real you know gonna be a prick and look at it really carefully you realize it's actually not that clever often i'm sure that's the case with like sherlock holmes and uh you know yeah all 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 the other big ones points that you're you're not you you can theoretically guess them but it's all gonna have stuff that you would never see coming i like this one a lot more than the other one I thought the other one was pretty stupid, but this one I liked at the end. I admit that I knew the answer going in because I had seen the movie already, mm. and that kind of helped. Like, oh, I see where this is going. I see how it's going to work out. But for me, this one felt, it helped me to think of it as not a detective story, but this is pretty much a revenge story told from the perspective of the cop. Kind of like The Usual Suspects, mm. where... You know, the cop is interviewing this dude the whole time, and this guy is telling this crazy story, and it's like, okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And at the end, you realize, spoiler alert, Nate, I'm sure you haven't seen The Usual Suspects. I have. Okay, well, there you go. How unusual. <laughs> <laughs> at the end, you realize it's all a lie. Everything was fake. It's all bullshit, I think. I, I, I'm not really 100% sure if that was the ending. That's, yeah, that's what it is. He made it all up to stall. But that's still considered, you know, like a masterpiece of cinema in that none of it mattered. This was all bullshit. Everything about this was a lie until the very end. And you realize it was all a plot. It was a scam. And this was like seeing it from the outside, like the cop's perspective. And I kind of like that. And that's the twist that makes this different than most detective stories. Because most detective stories or mystery novels, there's one person who did it. Or maybe it's two in the case, you know. But it's usually like there are all these suspects and a couple of them are red herrings and... They eventually eliminate people till they finally figure out who did it. This time it was everyone. Maybe that's why this was the most famous one. That is a good twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta, that's a good twist. Because that's kind of the thing, right? The whole time, at a certain point in any one of these mystery books, you have to suspect virtually every character. And here, and, and then you kind of like, uh, you know, it's like those like stupid like ma- logic math problems you'd have to do where they're like, Sally Jimmy. is taller than Bill, but Bill is taller than David, and David only has Tuesdays, you know. Exactly, where you have to like make like a grid and cross out, like, who yeah. can't be this? And then when you go through the book, like, you start to, like, eliminate people, but then something happens where you have to, like, reassess that. And here, and so, like, the whole time you're, like, trying to juggle who are the people to, that are still, you know, in the running. And it turns out they were all there all along, and that's, that, is a cool, that is a cool twist. That is a cool, a cool change on it. That's what I liked about it. I mean, I admit, I like the story. The way it was laid out and written was not great. The whole first third of it was essentially useless again. There's like the first chapter, there's a bunch of unnamed characters talking about stuff that makes no sense because you don't know the story yet. And you're like, I guess I don't need to remember this. And then like two-thirds of the way through, Poirot is talking to the guys and he says... I overheard these people talking about that. It's like, and what did they say? Aha. Uh-huh. And you're like, I guess I had to remember. 
what these unnamed characters said in the first chapter, and they don't they don't even like say they said this. They just said, I remember what they said, and it apparently plays into like why he figured everything out. But I don't remember that. I could have flipped back and read it, but that's a shitty shitty method. I mean, yeah, I think it's you're, you're supposed to have the illusion that you could have figured it out if you had been cleverer, but you really couldn't have. Yeah, well, especially in this one because they were all making it up. Right. Maybe it's just, you know, it's like trying to break every trope all at once by like laying into the tropes to begin with as hard as she can being like, just kidding, it's all bullshit. <laughs> Fuck you. Except for that trope about the fiery Italians <laughs> and their switchblades. There was one more that I wrote down because it was hilarious. When they're summing up the uh, each suspect, it was the Italian. Motive, none known. Alibi, midnight to 2 a.m., vouched for by this guy. Evidence against him or suspicious circumstances, none. Except that the weapon used might be said to suit his temperament. <laughs> and then the other guy says... It seems that the Italian could not have done it. A pity. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't care who did it. I just wished it was him. We'll get him next time. Just He'll been definitely so do a stabby easy. stabby somewhere else later. Just get him upset about his calzone or his stromboli. And he'll just go right they for it. They need the knives to cut their calzones open. Just tell him that New York has better pizza. He'll just get <laughs> fired up and he'll stab a whole bunch of paisanos. His Latin temperament. I guess Latin means Italians in Europe. I mean, maybe they mean like, like Latin, literally Latin, ancient yeah. Rome. Yeah. <laughs> the Romans were known for their stabbing temperaments. Just ask Julius Caesar. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I actually think I like this better than the other one, but it's the exact same fucking book. You just oh, yeah. swap a couple. It's. It's. Um. I don't know what's what the term for it is. It's like a closed room mystery or something like that. Locked or, room. Locked room. Yeah. Everybody's stuck in here. Like it's. It has to be one of these people. It has to evident. All the evidence has to be in this one room which is very neat and convenient and kind of fun if you want to try to solve it along at home. I don't know if that's... I don't read too many mysteries. There are many other versions of the mystery. This this seems kind of quaint, you know? They do like, ah, oh, here we are. We all happen to be uh, trapped on a boat for 24 hours. It's quaint now, but 100 years ago, it wasn't. Well, sure, it was much better than pretty it's, much It's anything. probably considered quaint because it's all based on this shit. Yeah, it's been done to death. But it's the same thing. Locked like room thing. Do. It just so happens that... Make <laughs> <laughs> my minestrone cold. Well, but then it's like the same the same thing as Death on the Nile. Just, okay. It's like you, you could just like a find, replace, boat with train. <laughs> Leave Italian as Italian, though. Leave that. Like, they, that was pick actually a mode a of transportation. Pick a cast of characters that are like basically the same thing with different names. Yeah. They I mean, try they and like hire Poirot books, right? while Poirot like, is on vacation. Yeah. Poirot never actually works. <laughs> I mean, in the other hundred Poirot books, is he, is he working? I mean, these are the two I, people I, know the most, I, and they're not, he's not working in these. I don't know what they're like. We need to do one more after this. We need to do the other really famous one. Just What's the other famous one? And then there were none. I have never, I don't know it. That's the other really. It's the greatest selling uh, mystery novel of all time, actually. But that one? You, oh yeah, but the original title. Oh god! Oh, oh my god! And then there were just Italians. No, you'll never guess. And I, I really want to know now. Oh, I can't even. I won't say it when I'm being recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's the original title <laughs> of that book. Fuck. That's 
Wow. Is that why it's famous, though? No, no. Well, actually, that was the title in uh, England. In America, they always called it, and then there were none. Um, Too racist for even America. <laughs> basically, it's it's a version of 10 Little Indians. Yeah. But when you just, like, you know can't go back oh my god just seeing it written out is <laughs> just know. like holy shit there's a picture of the cover i don't yeah. want to see the picture <laughs> yes you do it's on wikipedia oh i don't i don't want to wikipedia this i don't I want really, to google this i really hope this is just the greatest hoax of all time like someone's like i'll put it on wikipedia no one will question it because it's so funny to look at jesus christ ah oh. Oh, oh, the picture is even worse than I thought it would be. So we need to, I need to know what that's about. I, I need to am, read that. I don't even know. Oh, I can't oh, wait. Oh, man. Okay. Sold a hundred million copies. hundred million the copies. The sixth best-selling book of all time? The only people who have outsold Agatha Christie is Shakespeare, or are, are only people, are, only people is, I don't only know. Only people are. But people, well, yeah, in this case, are, right? A Shakespeare, our Shakespeare and God. <laughs> God did not write the Bible. He inspired it. <laughs> it's based based on the novel by God. <laughs> based on the novel pushed by Sapphire. By, by <laughs> so only the Bible and Shakespeare have sold. She has sold two billion books. Like, peop, like bestsellers these days don't even approach that. Approach. I mean, Harry Potter is the only thing. That, uh, I mean, there's uh, like you know, Dean Koontz must have sold a shit ton of books, or like but did Tom he sell hundred million of a single book? Of no, a, single I mean, book. a lot of those people that's like uh, John Grisham and shit. Like lifetime. They, they, they make a ton of books, or Stephen King, right? Yeah. A shit ton of books. He had to sell one copy of each of his hundred book, million books. That's how he did it. Okay, according to this Wikipedia article, it says uh-huh. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, 120 million. But that's, you know, in like how many languages? I mean, also Agatha Christie sold a billion. It was translated into every goddamn language. And Harry Potter may have outsold this book. I'm not saying this is the best-selling book of all time. But it's the best. It was at one point. But best-selling novel. Uh, but mystery. I'm sure it's never been out of print, and it's, you know, been just... Pumping them out in her estate is... Oh, my God. They made a BBC version with the real title in 49. Oh, dear God. Oh, and again in 59. (laughs) Nate, did you see those movies? (laughs) (laughs) I did not. No. Missed those. I'll make sure to watch all the versions next time. (laughs) When those are new releases, Nate was like, I don't know if that's... I think we should move away from that language. Oh, that oh, might be a man. weird. Okay, I'm well, sorry. I don't know why it's that's going to be a different story. Yeah, we ha- we have to read that book. Well, that book is going to be terrible one day, but in the meantime, we have this book. I don't know, I feel like mysteries is cool. I mean, we gave away the ending, but whatever. I I it's I knew most people knew the ending. I knew, there was I knew a train. the ending. I only knew um, it because I saw the movie. I wasn't like shocked, like oh, he Were was you dead surprised? the whole time. Like it wasn't that kind of shock, but I was. I was, he like, was oh, dead the whole time. that's clever. I liked it. I actually, I was kind of like, oh, this book sucks. I really didn't like it most of the time through. And then when guys to the ending, I was like, that's actually kind of fun. I liked that a lot. I did not see it. I mean, I knew a whole bunch of characters. I expected a whole bunch of characters to be conspiring because that's what happened in Death on the Nile, where it was like the woman and the fiance guy. 
So I expected something similar because everything else was so similar. So I was, I guess, pleasantly mm. surprised to find that it was actually a dozen people this time instead of just two. Oh, yeah. Whoever you guessed, you, know he you did were the right, biggest step. especially the Italian. If you've seen All the 80s movie yeah, Clue. It's the same kind of thing. I've not seen that in a long time. You might enjoy Tim that. Curry. You might enjoy this. Yeah. Wait, you've seen that, Nate? Yes, I have seen that. Yeah. It, it holds up. It's still You're great. Like, this is much. This is almost as fun as playing the game. Nate, what do you think? We should read it. People like mysteries. People still seem to like Agatha Christie. I mean, I think it's still selling. So, I don't know. I didn't really like it, though. I really didn't. And I think there are plenty of mystery novels that are just written much more recently that are better. Just oh, yeah, b- partly sure. because they're not doing all the same tropes and well, I mean, some of they are to some degree, but the entire isn't investigation isn't based on stereotypes. <laughs> but maybe it should be <laughs> like this one. <laughs> I mean, he was right, kind of, except not really. He got every he, until the very end. He had it wrong. He kept insisting it wasn't the Italian. Well, he knew who it was, but he was like, I'm not going to tell you because, you know, why would I do that? That would. There wasn't as much of that in this one as there was in Death in the Nile where he was just being a coy dick. And this one is like, hmm, I have suspicions. We'll see what happens. No, he did it to the fucking, the, the stooge guys at one point. He was like, I'm surprised you've not seen it yourself. No, like the, the helper guys who were going around just like gathering luggage for him to snoop through and look for panties or whatever he was doing. And he'd be like, I'm surprised you've not seen it for yourselves. I'm like, I don't understand what you're talking about, dude. I just asked you if you, like, do you want syrup or not? And you were like, oh, that is very telling. How <laughs> many wobbles do you want? I could see that. It, it's, it's for what it, for this style of book, I thought it was pretty good. I would not, I have no interest in reading another Agatha Christie book right now. If the ending of this was different, and it was just like a one or two killers, it would not be a good book. It wouldn't be worth reading. But since it was just like, no, everyone did it. Gotcha. I'm like, okay, I'll give you this one, Miss Christie. You got me. You didn't get me because I saw the movie, but you would have gotten me. Well, I'm curious how she's gonna, you know, how she did a uh, hundred years ago. Top herself with, I mean, what other creative things can she do with the genre? Uh, bold titles. Oh, that is an oh, that is an <laughs> offensive title. It's, I still have it open on my screen. It's upsetting to look at. <laughs> well, uh, I guess tell us what you thought. Send us an email to DrunkGuysBookClub at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC. Or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub. And if you listen this long, why not head over to Patreon.com slash DrunkGuysBookClub and, uh, you know, support the podcast there and uh, get all sorts of cool stuff in return. And you can also uh, go to wherever you listen to this and rate us and give us a lot of stars. And you can also follow us on Goodreads where you can find out what we're going to read and you can stalk us on the internet. And check out the Hopped Up Network, a network of independent beer podcasters. And thanks for listening.